This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Let's talk with uh, one of our friends, uh, Sean Bolson, as uh, he's out on the highways and byways today, as a busy guy as usual. And Sean, were you down at Oakdale on Friday? Uh, I was down there uh, after the storm okay. because uh, I was playing in Litchfield uh, at the Meeker County uh, uh, Scramble. Okay, uh, I think it was for the Meeker County Hospital uh, hospice stuff. And uh, then all of a sudden I got a call from my son saying, get me my vehicle and everything I own around there and everybody's vehicles are total. Yep. So I uh, had just gotten home, showered up, uh, and made my way down to Oakdale to see the absolute, uh, uh, you know, just awful. Yeah. Awful uh, damage that the storm did and and uh, picked him up. And, yeah, so I, I luckily was not down there, but I, I did go down there to get him. Yeah, I was thinking about you and your new pickup truck, that that would have sucked to have, uh, you know, baseball-sized hail smashing down off of it. That happened with a lot of people. Andy Jacobson had some videos on his Facebook page, and and he said, i got about 50 clients down here, so it suddenly became a very busy day. Um, But, boy, uh, the volunteers that turned out in the community that they have uh, down there, they're already going to open again on Friday uh, this week, just a week after that uh, devastating uh, hail damage. So, boy, they went right to work on getting the course uh, up and running. So a good plan. Uh, Let's just aerate earlier than normal. Usually Mike is one of the last golf courses to aerate. He likes to wait until after some of his big events and usually does it in September, but he does it every year. So he just moved up the date and hopefully that'll get uh, greens back in shape again before the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, to, to understand how you're going to deal with that, what you're going to do and a treat, you know, I mean, I, I saw some of the greens like, uh, the next day, yeah. two days after, you know, they had just essentially rolled them flat, covered them with sand, top dressed them. And, uh, and now start watering them and even cut one of them. So, yeah, uh, good for him. I mean, obviously, you go there to golf. It's a golf. It's a golf uh, tournament. We all go in thinking that hey, we want to win. But you know, the big thing is all the guys you get to know, the pros you get to know, the owners you get to know. And Mike and Ron, uh, you know, and, and Kyle have done an unbelievable job for uh, years doing this. And the the hard part was is. From what everybody told me, this was the best shape they had ever seen the course. Uh, it was, the greens were like they had never seen them. They had just done such a marvelous job getting it ready, and then for that to roll through. And, and then as I'm going down there, I'm seeing these beautiful corn and bean fields, and then you start getting closer, and, yeah. and you get uh, you see a, just the destruction, and you feel bad for the farmers. And, That's right. Yeah, it was just, you know what? Everything down there, it's just, it's very unfortunate, but you know, we're resilient people. They're resilient people and everybody will, will figure it out and get back on track. It's just a bit painful right now. Yeah. Thanks for mentioning the farmers down in that area too. I've kind of been solely focused on the 
on the golf course. But yeah, the farmers, you know, and they can't just uh, aerate and top dress uh, their crops and get them back. Uh, there was, you know, corn stripped off the stock uh, uh, around there as well. So, you know, hoping uh, the best for the farmers as well. And I guess this is why you have insurance, right? I mean, uh, you know, right. when you're when you're writing that premium check every month, you wonder if it's worth it. And then something like this happens, and you know that it is. Correct. Yeah, I mean, you go all year long growing your crops, and all of a sudden you're getting, you're seeing the finish line there, and something like this happens. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So, uh, good wishes to all those folks down there, and congratulations to the crew at Oakdale and all the volunteers that helped out down there, so that they can get that thing going pretty quickly here as well. Uh, so, the golf tournament uh, this past weekend. What a story Lucas Glover is, uh, Sean. He uh, he just, I think it was in March or April of this year, he was 189th in the world. Now he's third uh, in the FedEx Cup rankings. Uh, he's still, you know, outside the top 30 in the world rankings, but to move up as far as he has, he was 189th in the FedEx Cup. Now he's third after this recent run, back-to-back wins. The guy switches putters. He, he, I, the story is he looked over what Adam Scott was doing and he asked his golf rep, he said, just get me one like that. He didn't even get it. He didn't even, you know, get, get fit or anything. Just get me one of those and I'll learn how to use it. And boy, has he ever kind of a cool story. It is a cool story. And boy, has he put on a punting display the last couple of weeks? Yeah. I mean, it, unbelievable. When you start running those numbers that these pros are, uh, uh, you know, clipping at, you're looking at, uh, you know, weird stats like 55 of 59 inside 10 feet. You know, yeah. I mean, the, the the putts that they're making throughout the weekend and throughout the tournaments are unbelievable. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you get a hot putter, you get something you're comfortable with, and all of a sudden, boom, here you go. I mean, you know, the the biggest putt he hit was about a 35-foot bogey putt. Yeah. Uh, you know, in that last round. So, yeah, um, seeing a 43-year-old go out there and compete with all the young Bombers is, uh, you know, it's kind of refreshing. Um, it, it is. He, he's a guy that we haven't heard from. You know, I, he reminded me of, like, Lucas Glover, Harris English. All these guys were pretty good, like, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. And then they all kind of disappeared, and you hear about them all here and there. You know, they can catch lightning in a bottle for a week and, you know, get a top five. But to see somebody, you know, 43 years old, win back-to-back in what's the biggest stage in golf is, is pretty cool, pretty fun. Yeah, it sure is, and and he's a uh, a sweat monster. Uh, he was there was as almost as much talk about that as there was about his game. And then I saw him. Uh, they showed him with his hands dunked in a a, a cooler of ice water, and he yeah. had his hands in there in between. I didn't know what the what why he was doing that. I thought, well, but wouldn't it be all wet and so forth? But Snow told me it closes up the pores and helps your hands sweat less. Uh, he uh, is a guy who plays without a glove. He, he jokes he'd be a 10 handicap if he wore a glove. Uh, you know, probably not true necessarily, but uh, but I didn't know that closes up the pores on your hands. Had you heard of that, about that before? No, I hadn't. And yeah. I did see he wasn't the only guy sweating through his pants. Yeah, and, right. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I do think it would be time to have a, a, a major talk with whatever clothing line that is. That was ridiculous. <laughs> I, I would imagine there's plenty of wardrobes that, uh, you could have put someone in that wouldn't have looked like that. I thought that was a, a bit awkward. So I'm sure they had a little chat with their sponsors on figuring that out. I was uh, listening to some uh, uh, golf talk radio uh, yesterday, 
And uh, one of the guys on there had said that Tiger Woods was famous for his ability to produce sweat. And that was part of the reason he went with dark colors all the time, why he wore black pants all the time, because he didn't want to, you know, sweat through them and, and uh, you know, look like Lucas Glover did a little bit uh, this last weekend with, with all the sweat going out. And, and uh, I didn't realize that, but he said, yeah, part of the reason was Tiger sweats a lot. So that's why he wears, that's why he wears black pants all the time. Well, you have these guys that supposedly are doing garment, you know, fitting people with different garments for a, a living. I can assure you, uh, if anybody looked and saw those pants and thought, hey, you know, it, it, it probably wasn't great for them. So trying to figure out how to <laughs> right. a- avoid that next time would probably be a, a wise thing. I would think about, think so. There's got to be some fabric, right, that, that he could Correct. get into that wouldn't look, you know, wouldn't sweat straight through, uh, you know. So or anyway. Color. Yeah, that's right. Or just change the color. Um, you know, go with the black so that it doesn't show as much. But, you know, he probably thought, I'm just trying to stay as cool as I can. And uh, he, and he maybe didn't. Only if you're winning do people care, really, that you've got swamp pants going on. Uh, right. if, if he's back in the pack, nobody notices that much. But since every right. shot he hits is on TV, well, then everybody notices and talks about it. But that's really a cool story. And that illustrates how mental the game is. Uh, I mean, for him to master that long putter like that in such a short time, pretty amazing. It just freed his mind uh, to have his hands move a little more smoothly and uh, make putts, and it can go the other way, as we know, too. Uh, yeah, certainly it can. When and You know, like you, you've had during rounds sometimes, some days you get out there, and even with your same putter, you line it up, and you're just kind of always seeing the line. You putt really good. Yeah. You know, same thing for them. You know, you either have it or you don't. And unfortunately for us, uh, you know, we probably don't have it more than we have it. And uh, for him to be able to be comfortable with that, put it down, see the line, hit the line, see the ball go in the hole, uh, yeah, that, that definitely is uh, is key to a 43-year-old that we haven't seen on the leaderboard in quite a while winning back-to-back weeks. Yeah, crazy. I hope he continues to play well. He's playing himself into consideration for the Ryder Cup team, they'll play through the next uh, two tournaments before the points are are finalized. And right now, only two players have already enough points that they've clinched a spot in the top six in the U.S. Ryder Cup. And that's Scotty Scheffler, who's way ahead of everyone in Ryder Cup points. And then the only other guy to clinch is Wyndham Clark. Uh, now, I know he won a major, but he's had so many other good tournaments, too. Only he and Scotty Scheffler have clinched a Ryder Cup spot. Wyndham Clark is suddenly becoming a big-time player on the PGA Tour and for the Team uh, Team USA. Yeah, uh, doesn't you know he and Cantley are kind of the same breed for me. Uh, they don't do a whole lot for me, uh, but uh, you know you got Clark and you got um, uh, Scheffler, but you know I I look at a guy. The one thing that you and I have always appreciated, Todd, is people earning their spots. Yep. And you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, I look at this and I think, wow, this guy's earned a spot. To me, you want people that are playing good now. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think he's somebody you got to go on. But you know, then you look at it and you go, well, who are you going to take off? You know, you and I have had this discussion many yep. times. Yep. Uh, who deserves to be on? Obviously, we both know Brooks will be on. Uh, but you know. You look at a JT who doesn't even make the top 70. We had said before he probably gets on just because 
he is the poster child of what the PGA wants. Yep. Uh, comes from a you know a, a blue blood line, if you will, of PGA professionals in his family. Uh, you know, you look at at. Uh, I think he deserves to make it over JT. Mm. Um, you know, probably deserves to make it over some of the other guys we said before. So I just think if you uh, if you start uh, playing this well this late in the year, you should get you know major consideration to make it. Yeah, and and what I like about the Ryder Cup standings is that it's over a a two year period of time. So you have to have played well for a sustained period, not necessarily just gotten hot to the end uh, like Lucas Glover has had, which can propel you right to the top of the FedEx Cup. Uh, we see that all the time because that's just single-year points. But the Ryder Cup is two years' worth of points. And because of that, Scotty Scheffler has nearly twice as many points. He has 25.8 thousand to, to second as Wyndham Clark. They're the two already qualified. And he has 13.4 thousand points. So Scheffler is way ahead of everybody. Nobody else even has 11,000. So those two guys have clinched. Then it's Cantley, Harmon, Kepka, and Homa, who right now are uh, fill out the top six, and those are the automatic qualifiers. But two tournaments yet to go in Ryder Cup points, and then you've got Shoffley, Spieth, Young, Morikawa, who I would like to see on the team, uh, who's 10th right now in points. And then Bradley and Burns, that's the top 12 as Ricky Fowler, uh, has slipped out of that uh, top 12 uh, position now. So it's going to be fun. I, I always enjoy watching the Ryder Cup selection show, um, and this year even more so because, boy, it's really up in the air who those six captains' picks will be. They went to six captains' picks a couple of Ryder Cups ago. It used to be only four where they had eight automatic qualifiers, but then they kind of decided that six was a better number. So that'll make it a lot of fun and a lot of pressure on Zach Johnson. Yeah, and, and, you know, I, I hope this year is different because uh, generally they might waver one, you know, person out of that next six. Yep. A lot of times it is the next six. And uh, those next six do not bring any fire into my excitement about the Ryder Cup. Mm. There, we have a lot of U.S. players that I would love to see on there, and probably four of those six aren't on my list. So mm. I am hoping – that you know they deviate from that a bit you know obviously live coming in has changed you know some of the players uh points because yep, um, yep. they haven't been getting them um and then you look at a guy like ricky who's been playing as good as anybody i probably put you know i i do appreciate a body of work but i probably put a little more uh emphasis on how we play lately sure. and if you look at ricky and you look at Glover, uh, you know, they're playing pretty well. I think they both earn, or they both deserve some major consideration. Yeah, Glover's up to 16th now in Ryder Cup points. He moved up 19 spots with his win uh, this last week. So he certainly is the hot player. He's never played on a Ryder Cup team. He'd be a 43-year-old rookie. What a career co- accomplishment uh, that would be yeah. him uh, for Glover. And all because he decided to use the same putter uh, as uh, Adam Scott, which is pretty amazing. So he's 16th uh, right now. Yeah, of the six that would be in, uh, for me, probably Cam Young and Sam Burns would be the two guys that are most vulnerable uh, to be replaced by a couple of guys outside of the top 12, which, uh, you know, you think maybe should be Fowler and Glover. Uh, and uh, we'll see how it all goes down. I think you're right, though, at the PGA Tour has a real affinity uh, for Justin Thomas, 
and I think he's probably going to find his way onto the squad, it seems. It does. It does. We've talked about it forever, and it does. There's some of that stuff that you just, you know, the PGA Tour is still kind of in uncertain waters trying to identify who are they. You know, are are we uh, are we a league that's going to, you know, be merged with Live? Are we trying to stand on our own? We still think we can control it, but do we really control it? I think they're really they're searching for an identity. Yeah. They they think they know who they are, but I don't know that they do. And uh, Justin Thomas is definitely somebody that uh, they want to uh, hitch their wagon to, uh, you know. And so I think we're all going to wait and see. It'll be interesting to see which route they go. But um, you know, e- either way, they've captivated our attention. We're all talking about it. Yeah. Here's some of the names that are in the top 12 on the European side that I have actually never heard of. Yannick Paul, fourth. Uh, Adrian Moronk, fifth. I've maybe heard of him before. Uh, Victor Perez, seventh. Rasmus Hogard, eighth. Adrian Ategi, uh, ninth. Uh, Jordan Smith, I haven't heard of him. He's at 12th. So there's, without, you know, Sergio and... Uh, Westwood and some of the familiar names who have had so much success against the U.S. The European team has to go with a lot of young guys. Now, the U.S. hasn't won on European soil in a long time. Uh, It smells like to me that the U.S. is really uh, far ahead of the European roster right now, and and I would be uh, hard-pressed to say that the U.S., no matter who the 12 wind up being, aren't going to go to Europe and win the Ryder Cup. Yeah, you know, I would think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, we have bigger names. I do watch that DP World Tour on Saturday mornings, and, and some of those names I have heard of, they're good golfers. It's a mm-hmm. little bit different brand of golf over there. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, you, you stack up our guys against those guys, you know, yeah, you'd think we're in the driver's seat. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, uh, quick on the Twins, have you had a chance to see them lately? Yeah, the the, the old Minnesota boy uh, with the Grand Slam last night. Yep. Uh, kind of exciting. Uh, Duran comes in, you know, gets the save. Uh, did give up a bomb, which you know always makes you a little nervous. But it was a game we need to win, and what I think we're still four, five, four and a half. Yep, five yep, four and a half. Yep. So you know, just kind of playing out like we thought it might. Um, we all kind of have, have agreed if the Twins, without some major catastrophe, should win the division mm-hmm. after uh, we get out of the, uh, you know, get in the playoffs, then you start to see if you up against a Toronto or a Tampa or whoever, um, you know, can we can we survive in a series? You know, we have some pitching that's been really good, yep. Uh, and we've had some struggles at the plate, and then we've had struggles pitching, and we've hit some, you know. So I don't know. I guess they're kind of to me, anything could happen with this team. You know, if they get in the postseason, which I think they will. They've been wildly erratic this year. Win five in a row, then lose seven out of nine, which they just had a stretch like that here recently. Beat good teams like the Phillies two out of three, lose three out of four in Detroit uh, last week. They've been difficult to figure out, but in the end, probably going to have a winning season. And in 1987, the Twins' first world championship, they only won 85 games in the regular season that year. So maybe the Twins around that number and who knows what will happen in the postseason, but look forward to it. I just want to see Royce Lewis play every day here through the rest of the season. or Well, you know, almost every day. Uh, they always get days off. But uh, I just want to see some sustained play from him, hopefully without him uh, getting injured. Yeah, I think uh, we'd like to see out of him what we cannot expect to see out of Buxton. Yeah, right? that's right. That's right. I mean, we, we, all, we all know that, and, and Lewis might be a, 
silver lining saying, hey, you know what, uh, we can figure it out. We do want to see what he has because we all think his capabilities are, are uh, very – he has a very high ceiling, yep. and we just like to see that and see the Twins handle him in a, in a manner that is good for his career, for his body. And, you know, it's exciting to have a player that uh, we're – I mean, he's the guy that I'm probably the most excited about yeah. since Buxton. And I want to see him every day. Buxton, obviously, like we've talked, been a major disappointment to a lot of us, uh, not being able to get us what we want. I would love to see that from Rice the rest of this year and then, you know, hopefully anchor in and, and uh, be a player we're going to see for five to eight years doing this every day for us. Yeah, that's right. Hey, Sean, thanks so much. Safe travels. Thanks, Todd. Sean Bolson joining us on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.